razor blunt commentary delivered with a special purpose. What's happening to my special purpose? It's the Killer Bees, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. Let's go straight out to the HRP guest line, being joined by Kelly Eco, covers the Rockets for the Athletic, had a great uh, Rockets free agency primer on the Athletic earlier today. Kelly, thanks so much for taking a few minutes on what is going to be a very busy day. You were one of the first people on this, Kelly, that uh, the Rockets, Harden, it was a relationship that was not going to have a, a them reunite. It, it, look, Harden opting into the deal in Philly, he's going to be traded, it seems like, and not to the Rockets. What is this symbolized for the Rockets not going down the Harden route again? Uh, I think more than anything, it symbolizes a real shift in their culture, or at least their attempt to, you know, restore a new path in Houston in terms of you have Ime Adoka now. You know, he's talked a lot about wanting to bring in winning veterans, guys that can help these young players on and off the floor. He wants to bring a defensive mindset. He wants to bring improved shooting to that roster. So not going down the path of Harden, as emotional as it might have been, it kind of signals, you know, that this new regime is trying to chart its own path. Cal. On your podcast, you talked about Shen Goon maybe not being happy if they bring in, to your point, right. a defensive-minded, rim-protecting big man. I mean, right. I don't think he's done enough to be in a position where that's something that he should be voicing and or should be a problem because we know for as much as he's got a lot of people excited about what he brings to the table, defense ain't one of them. Right, but... um you know, I guess from his perspective, you know, coming in, you know, the Rockets gave up two first-round picks to get him. You know, he came into the team and had to play behind Christian Wood at times, had to play behind Bruno Fernando. And Shangun's a very prideful guy. You know, he's a very skilled player. But if they were to go in another direction and bring in, you know, a guy like a Brook Lopez or a guy like a, you know, any kind of big man, you know, for, for LP, you kind of have to wonder, like, if they're really going to buy into you long-term. And that's kind of where the frustration would come from in terms of, you know, you – not feeling like there's enough chance for you to actually spread your wings and develop and actually grow and learn how to be, you know, capable and full time to be the starter. So that's kind of where it comes from. Kelly Eco joining us on the HRMP guest line. It, it's an interesting dynamic with what the Rockets have going on because they're very young. They have a very young, promising, exciting nucleus with Jalen, Jabari, Alpi. You, like you mentioned, like Ime wants veterans that, that know how to win, defensive mindset, improved shooting. So it's kind of the antithesis of what the Houston Rockets have been so far these last few years. What does that hybrid look like? Like if they're bringing in two to three free agents, how much priority are those guys getting with, let's say, minutes versus the young nucleus that they already have in place? So I think Ime Udoka has kind of expressed that even though they're bringing in you know three or four veterans, Nothing is guaranteed in terms of playing time, rotational spots, or everything's going to have to be earned in camp. So I think, you know, even though you do have a young core in Jalen Green, you know, Jabari Smith Jr., Al Prince, and Green, and Tyler Eason, those guys are going to have to compete with whoever's coming in. Now, obviously, the key goal is still to develop those young guys and to augment that core. But Emil Doka is a guy that isn't going to hand out, you know, starting roles to anybody. Like, if you don't get it and, and, the, and the older guy, is playing the veteran camp. He's going to get that spot. It's, it's plain and simple. So it's going to be on the young guys to kind of set their game up and, and kind of actually be serious the time around and, and want to, you know, etch themselves into his rotation. It sounds like that's going to be a hard pill to swallow for a lot of these younger guys, too, that have been kind of catered to since they got to the Rockets. 
Right. And specifically, right. I'm interested in a guy that you've made sure everybody knows is is high on the on the list, which is Dylan uh, uh, Dylan Brooks. I look at Dylan Brooks and I say, look, uh, I know that he can defend, but I know that he's going to take minutes, and I know that he brings a lot of extra. Is that something that Udoka wants, knows it, and, and do we think there's a lot of competition for Dylan Brooks' services? Um, so in terms of Dylan Brooks, he's kind of like an email guy in terms of a defensive-minded, tough-nosed veteran that's going to bring a lot of grit to the table. Um, he instantly comes and raises the defensive floor and string of that team. Now, obviously, you know, everyone knows about the social media antics and you know, how it ended with, with the Grizzlies, but... I just thought that that whole situation was kind of toxic in Memphis and him coming to a new team or wanting to go to another direction is, is indicative of you know his, his talent level and his, and his growth. Kelly Eco joining us on the uh, HR&P guest line. Uh, Kelly, you've mentioned that K.J. Martin is somebody that's on the trade block. It could be a matter of moments uh, before he's traded once free agency opens up. If the Rockets do indeed trade K.J. Martin – what kind of return are we looking at? Uh, just because they're, they're trying to, you know, clear up some more cap space. I wouldn't be surprised if he's traded for, you know, a couple of picks. You know, just, just any draft compensation, really. Because the, the goal is to free up as much money as possible this summer. So any move around the margins that, that they can do, you know, to, to give them more flexibility, they're going to explore that. So I don't think if they were to trade KJ, it would be for, you know, more money coming in unless – you know, they're not able to get some of their targets, then that might be an option. We've talked about uh, a lot on this show, specifically about Fred Van Vliet. He's now on everybody's lips about Rockets. Fred Van Vliet seems like a match. Can you tell the listeners why? Why is he? Why is Fred Van Vliet not as sexy a name in Houston as James Harden, but why is Fred Van Vliet a great fit for this Rockets team? Well, he's a winner. He comes in day one and, you know, he, he commands respect. He commands accountability, and more importantly, on the floor, he's able to get guys in their right spot. He's able to organize the half-court offense. He's able to you know, be a good point-of-attack defender. And the Rockets, for the better part of the last three years, have lacked that. And you know, that's probably been the biggest reason why some of the key players' development has gone by the wayside, because you know, point guard is the hardest position in sport, in, in basketball, and all credit to Kevin Porter, but he's not, he's not a point guard. You know, so bringing in a guy like a Fred Van Vliet, you do allow yourself to kind of reset the clock a bit and get things in order. Kelly, give me an over-under. When are we when are we expected to see some of these uh, free agent moves, the free agent transactions, who's coming to the Rockets? When, when do you think you're going to fire off that first tweet as the uh, the newest Houston Rocket? Uh, I, would, I would be, I mean, honestly, my guess would be, in the next 48 hours, I think they want to move pretty quickly you know, with some of their targets. So, um, right at 5 o'clock, you know, they're going to set their meetings with those guys, and Lee, Brooke Lothar, Dylan Brooks, you know, Bruce Brown, and they're going to, they're going to try to move very quickly. But the, the one thing that they don't want to do is have their money tied up, you know, potential, potential, you know, guys taking offers home and sleeping on them. They don't want that. So they want a yes or no. If it's yes, cool. If it's no, they're going to move on to the next target. Couple, twofold here, Kel. One, how long is the Van Vliet contract if they get it done? We've said we think anything over two would be harmful to the organization. I'm curious if right, you, right. what you think. Yeah, so they're, prioritize, they're prioritizing you know, short-term deals because as a team, you still want to maintain your flexibility. So you know, giving guys short-term contracts allows 
your young players to kind of serve as a bridge. So, for example, I mean, Thompson can, can learn under Van Bleep for two years or even if he's there for a year. And the hope is that, you know, by the end of the contracts, you know, those guys will be fully ready to take on, you know, real responsibility. So any any target that the Rockets are looking at, especially if they're a bit older, is going to be on a shorter-term shorter term deal. And then the second part of that was, is this the true first sign that the power now has shifted more to Udoka than anybody else? Because it seems like if you're going to give this guy this job, he has a certain way he wants to play on both ends. And there were players that I think, specifically a James Harden, that had no business fit, trying to fit into that system. Is this the first sign that Udoka is going to be the guy that they're going to kind of let, kind of call the shots more? Yeah, and I think, you know, he brings that pedigree, you know, coming from a team in Boston that was, you know, two wins away from an NBA title. And coming to your organization that hasn't won in, in quite some time, you do have to give him, you know, a pretty long leash in terms of the kind of style he wants to play, the kind of players he wants to get. And those conversations with him in the front office are, are, are extremely candid. And, you know, there's, good, there's a good back-and-forth dialogue, although you know that they're still getting to know each other and everything's happening on the fly, but because of the respect that's there, you know, they're able to get things done. Kelly, as you know, the Rockets have to spend at least 50 or nearly $50 million this offseason to hit that salary floor. They have $66 million to spend, by far the most in the NBA. Uh, one scenario that, that we've talked about and that, quite honestly, I'm a fan of, if you miss out on a Fred Van Vliet, if you miss out on a Lopez, if you miss out on a Dylan Brooks, why not? For the Rockets' perspective, why not trade for some salary? Maybe a point guard in the final year of a really bad deal to facilitate a three-team trade where you're using that money essentially to get back tons of draft capital. Yeah, so, you know, in their free agency planning, a lot of scenarios are thrown up the wall, right? So there, there are scenarios that, you know, guys that they want don't end up coming to Houston, and how do they pivot, you know, their, their options to trade for players. Like one name I've heard that if they don't get some of the top guys, Jordan Clarkson with the Utah Jazz. I know he just he opted into his final year of his deal, but that's a guy that can be had via trade. Um, the guys like Clint Capella, if they're not able to get any of their big man targets, he's a name that I've heard still circling around. Just names like that, giving yourself options to take on, you know, add still add older guys to your team, but because you're trading into space and because some of those teams might be looking to get off money. You could see a, a, a deal similar to the John Collins thing where you're only sending back, you know, like a Rudy Gay in a second, like stuff like that. So if they're not able to get some of those top guys, there have been a number of options on how to pivot. So you talked about K.J. Martin. The, the One of the intriguing things to me would be if you say the Rockets are trying to add in free agency, they're trying to bring in, K.J. might be going out. How, how likely is it that the Rockets would be willing to make trades, to Jeremy's point, about trying to acquire players and possibly have to give up some of this core that they've spent so much draft capital trying to accumulate? Is there also a chance that the Rockets are willing to discuss trades where they might start kind of weeding out some of the guys that are in the log jam at certain positions? So, <clears throat> I guess from, from Houston's perspective, every player has their price, but you know, their, their goal is not to let that core four go. 
you know, their goal is to add to add to those guys. So if their moves are on the margins, because this is still a team in phase two, right? If this was phase three we're talking about, then you could kind of get more aggressive in terms of letting certain guys go if if things behoove themselves. But now because they're in phase two, I don't think that they're de- they're that desperate to move off of you know the Jalen and Jabari, the Tari's, and the Shenzhen's of the world. So, so you're saying to me that of the core four. KPJ is not one of those four, and Tari Eason is. So, I would put Kevin in the tier right below them, just because you know, he wasn't originally drafted by Houston. He wasn't, he wasn't quote unquote part of this rebuild. He was added, you know, out of circumstance. But you know, they still value him pretty highly in Houston. But I wouldn't consider him like, in that first upper echelon tier of guys that you know have been, you know, got brought in the first round. Part of this losing process, but they've been able to extract some of these gems. You know, part of this um, is rebuild, so that's how I'll classify it. Before we let you go, is there one surprise name that maybe we haven't considered or you haven't considered that might be someone the Rockets bring in? Oh, uh, Kyrie Irving. I think if, if there, if somehow, some way, Fred Van Vliet goes elsewhere, I think he's a name that they appeared to pretty quickly. <laughs> and, you know, given some on vacations, you know, they, they hope to get a meeting with him and... He's a guy that's still a talented, you know, player, former All Star, former champion. He does come with a, some question marks because of some of the stuff that's happened behind the scenes. But you know, he's still a guy that I, I would be keeping my eyes on if I'm not able to get some of those top guys. Kelly, what time are you anticipating going to bed tonight? So, like three a.m. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kelly. Appreciate your work. We'll be following along. NBA free agency sure is going to be a wild ride. Appreciate you taking a few minutes. No problem. That's Kelly Eco covers the Rockets for the Athletics. Kyrie Irving possible. Let's discuss. Killer bees. ESPN ninety-seven five. ESPN ninety-two five. Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy. That's a frank joke there, like wishing me a happy Killer Bee Day. Get it? Ha ha. Uh, Kyrie Irving, member of the Houston Rockets, the potential of that. I think I've talked myself into being open to the idea. I am open to the idea of Kyrie Irving being a Houston Rocket, Blankers. Man. I don't know that I am. I mean, I get it. I understand it from the standpoint of they've said all along all the powers that be that are in the rumor mill business saying that, you know what, he wants a max deal and most teams are skeptical about giving it to him. Cuban and the Mavs seemed like the only option because he spent so much to trade for him that he's going to try and make it work, salvage it, and make himself look good for doing it by maintaining him on the roster. I could see them spending, they have to spend the money, like you said. So to spend the money to get Kyrie Irving, it's a massive name. It's a huge splash. But because, again, in a different way, we're talking about an impressionable roster of young talent, he could he could affect them a million different ways. And a lot of them, in my mind, are negative. So I'd be concerned about it. Here's why I I would be okay if Kyrie Irving is a member of the Houston Rockets by tomorrow. And I, I think Kelly's timeline might be off here. Like, he would know more than I would, but I think that we start to see Rocket free agent agreements tonight. I agree. I, I think it happens in four hours, not 48 hours. Ime Adoka and Kyrie Irving have crossed paths. 
Ime Adoka was an assistant coach of the Brooklyn Nets yeah. in the 2020-21 season. When Kyrie Irving was an all-star for the Brooklyn Nets in the 2020-21 season, averaged 27 points a game, and we talked a lot about how like, well, maybe the Rockets are going away from the superstar approach. It's a my way or the highway. Ime Adoka isn't going to allow the Rockets to bring in Kyrie Irving, who he has spent a season with, unless Ime Adoka is confident in Kyrie Irving. So the fact that they have that one year together, 2020-21 season in Brooklyn, where Ime Adoka was an assistant coach with the Nets, and Kyrie Irving had a really good year, only played 54 games, which is a criticism for Kyrie Irving. But Ime Adoka is signing off on Kyrie Irving. And if Ime Adoka is signing off on Kyrie Irving, that is enough for me. See, if it was just about basketball, it still would be... He's got, in my mind, the positive is he's got the best handles in the game right now. He has the absolute best handles in basketball. And and he can be a sniper. He can hit the big shots. He can hit the tough shots. Uh, he knows all the spins and angles, and he can hit the three from anywhere. But, again, I mentioned the locker room aspect of this. I mentioned a guy that, and you're right, because it's at least a guy he knows. When Nash was hired, well, we don't need anybody to coach us. We don't need a head coach. We can coach us. Um, that's that's a concern of mine. The Forget the flat earth and the other things. It's more about how many games are you going to miss when you feel like you need to take a couple of days, when you feel like you're not hurt, but you don't need to be around your teammates. That's another concern. When was the last time he did that? He did it in Brooklyn. He did it in Brooklyn. Uh, the last one, I believe, was after the, the insurrection at the Capitol when he took a week. Um, there, I think there was one or two other times where he just decided he needed some personal days, which I know ruffled some of the feathers of the people in the organization. So you're right that at least it's a guy that knows him. So if he signs off on it, and again, this is Udoka, which we just got done talking about. If he's going to have more power, they also rely, the whole organization is going to be relying on him and trusting in him that if he makes a decision like this, it's not going to backfire. Kyrie's got some backfire capabilities. I trust Adoka, though, is where I'm at on that. Like, the locker room thing is important to me as well because we've spent, ever since Ime Adoka was hired and, and trying to think about free agency as well, that whoever you hire and or whoever you sign in free agency, almost the focus needs to be the development of the young player. So, like, the locker room needs to be intact. It's what scared us off of James Harden, negative influence on the young guys, all of that. But if Ime Adoka is telling you that I, I believe in Kyrie Irving not to be trouble in the locker room, Ime Adoka would know more than than pretty much anybody else in the NBA. Sure. Kyrie, like, Rafael Stone's not going to go sign Kyrie Irving if Ime Adoka is like, no, keep him away from Houston. Kyrie Irving's complicated because he's not James Harden. James Harden shows up fat and out of shape. James Harden is in Vegas partying when he should be rehabbing. Kyrie Irving's last time away from basketball was this last season. Because he got suspended by the Nets for posting a book which was anti-Semitic oh, yeah, on right. Twitter, and then they had to issue like a five-step policy. So, Kyrie, for him to just return. don't tell us what you're reading. Yeah, look, it's it's what he's reading. It's flat Earth. It's the fact that he didn't want to play because he wasn't didn't want to be forced to get the COVID vaccine. Like those issues are very different than like James Harden. And we're like, is there a negative influence on the locker room? I, I don't know. The Steve Nash thing's weird, but like the fact that. All the Nets players, the main three guys, were all on the same page of we have to practice after Steve Nash is done because he's a joke of a head coach. Right. Like, is that a reflection of Kyrie or is that a reflection of Steve Nash? That's the way I took that quote was that it was a it was a it was a jab at Nash. And it's like I but okay. I just the Kyrie Irving stuff, it's like it's political belief 
of why he felt like he couldn't play basketball or why he was suspended from the team. And like, yeah, you can't predict that stuff. And it is a red flag because any day in time, like something could happen in our country that happens way too often. Yeah. That's going to make Kyrie Irving step away from the game. But like, it's, it's still not the same as James Harden, who makes the active choice to not work out, to not be productive, but and to be a negative influence. Wouldn't you trust a guy who's been a year with him, though? Like only he's been in the locker room with him a year. Yeah, yeah, right. But we're having hot takes about Kyrie Irving's bad in the locker room, and we have no idea. Well, Luca came out from the time after the trade was made and said he wasn't having fun playing basketball again. Which could and have there, been towards Jason Kidd. But there was a back and forth then with Kyrie basically addressing it at Luca, and then they were exchanging in the media their their feedback and their their opinions on why it wasn't fun for Luca. And the Mavs are trying to re-sign Kyrie Irving. I think that's Mark Cuban because he ha- because you're right to an extent he doesn't care who coaches his team he cares about how he looks and he's running the franchise and he knows it's a bad look if you gave up a lot of players or good players to go get a better player and in a short period of time he's gone and it leaves the team kind of in shambles I, I think that James Harden wanted out from Brooklyn because of Kyrie Irving and not that James Harden as you pointed out uh, Joe you pointed out is not a choir boy but at the same time James Harden still knows how important it is to win. And he couldn't play with Kyrie Irving, and they butted heads. So there are signs that within the locker room, even as it relates to just strictly basketball, you can say he's complex. You can say he's difficult. I don't know what it is, but I don't know that you want him on a daily basis kind of putting that influence on a younger locker room with right now no veterans, but they're trying to find Because my, my real biggest issue with Kyrie Irving and why I think it's a mistake to have him here, the Dallas Mavericks were statistically one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA the moment him and Luka got on the court together. All, they're just they're the guy that's holding the red flag for a bull. Whatever, I can't remember what they're called. I'm drawing a blank. But like, a matador? It, yeah, it's, they're playing matador defense. Like Everyone could just drive by the Mavericks at the easiest time. I, and, and Ime wants to focus on defense. Kyrie Irving is not that guy. It's the same issues with Harden in that way. Where like to really play defensively, him and Jalen Green is a huge liability to what the Rockets want to do. It's interesting that Ime would sign off on it. Like I, because I, all of your points are valid. Like the defense, the let's call it questionable stuff. Because I don't know. And Ime Doka spent a year with him. Like you know some people in the league, so I, I certainly trust what you're saying. But if he may signing off on him, it makes it a very interesting conversation. And like I'm going if we're if we're giving the reins to Ime Adoka, we talked about first time we talked about the Rockets today. We're seeing that Ime Adoka has the reins of the Rockets by not allowing James Harden to come back to the Houston Rockets, come back home because he has his imprints on this team. If he has his imprints on this team and he wants Kyrie Irving, I'm giving Ime Adoka the benefit of the doubt. Which I, I understand completely. I ask you guys this question then to see where you think. If we were concerned about Harden's negative influence just from a basketball perspective, from an offensive perspective on this team, because he's going to go back to the ways where he was the ball-dominating, one-on-one playing Batman with no Robin in his mind uh, on a team to a guy like Kyrie Irving. Is it not more of the same where if Kyrie knows he's playing on a team that isn't loaded with veterans and guys that he has to respect as co-superstars – 
Yeah. Will you see the same kind of dominant, ball dominant, me shoot first and second and third offense? Curious, curious. Like that I think that's a really good point. Like, and I'm curious what that would look like. But Kyrie Irving has been a winner, right? Like we, we bashed James Harden for not winning. Kyrie Irving had some big moments in the year that they won the NBA championship. He's been good in the postseason. You might argue argue the biggest. That three he hit in the Golden State series won them the championship. I mean, like and there was rumors in the past and even rumors now that like he wants to go back to playing with LeBron. So it's like the reason why he wanted to leave Cleveland of not being Batman, it seems like maybe that's gone away a little bit, and like maybe he would defer. Like yeah, he's well, matured. He's can matured. I tell you the other part of that, Joe? That I was thinking about. He has trade. He has a team that would probably be interested in trading for him. If you do, you bring him in, and even if it works or it doesn't work, at a certain point, you might have to pay him for the entire length of his contract yeah. because you might be able to move him to one of those teams that still wants him. 713-780-3776. Let's get Mark in from the HRP listener line. Mark, you're in the hive with the Killer Bees. What's up, Mark? Hey, guys. Uh, listen, I was just hearing this. is news to me, uh, just kind of walking out of lunch. But I think I think Kyrie would be perfect for the Rockets, and there's a couple of reasons. First of all, he's known as a pariah in the locker room. Well, we don't have a locker room, so that's not going to be a problem for us. Second of all, you know, he's not James Harden in the context of, you know, I'm going to be this and that. And I think you guys touched on it. I'm, I mean, I'm not a party or I'm not this. And I think third is like he is set out to prove that he is not a troublemaker. And a lot of his problems stemmed in Brooklyn from, you know, maybe not taking the vaccine. It's like, hey, welcome to Texas. Welcome to Houston. We're conservative. And like, none of us took the vaccine. Come on. <laughs> and it's like, come on in here and come. And you teach Jalen Green what he needs to do. You teach these guys. And yeah, you're you're kind of a we need a lightning rod like him. We don't need James. Like we know what we're gonna get, right? He's not even close to the ball hog that James is. And so anyway, I, I think if you look at those three things and kind of where we're coming from is like make that happen as soon as you can. It'll probably be like a two year deal, max yeah. contract. Doesn't work out. Hey, then we'll move on to the next thing. Appreciate uh, it, Mark. Thanks for uh thanks for calling in. Appreciate you listening to the, the killer bees. I, I Kyrie Irving on a max deal for two years or J.R. Uh, Fred Van Vliet on a max deal for two years? Kyrie Irving will be more entertaining. I'm not sure it's the right move, but I tell you, it'd be far well, more entertaining. But it also brings in the ownership's opinion because he knows it would affect the bottom line. But would it bring in the ownership ability if they've given the reins to Ime Adoka? No, it would be. It would definitely draw a line in the sand that Adoka wasn't expecting. It'd be a curveball because the owner can. But wouldn't they have done that for Harden, not Kyrie? Like they, the, Harden's the devil they know. They don't know Kyrie Irving. Like The reason that I am... If, if, if Ime Adoka didn't have that year with Kyrie Irving, I'm out. I have zero interest in it. But because we have that one season, and I believe that Ime, because of the Harden stuff, has the reins of this organization, I'm willing to give it a chance. Yeah, I, I, I'd be interested. I'd be intrigued. I think it would get attention. I don't know if it'd be positive or negative, but I think it would definitely draw attention and eyeballs. And with that, maybe not even planned or maybe indirectly get Tillman what he wants because people would be more likely to, there'll be people right away. They're going to buy Kyrie jerseys and merch. <laughs> I think but more people would be negative. You're right. More people would want to go right. and see it, whether it unfolds positively <laughs> or negatively. Everybody likes to watch the train wreck. 713-780-ESPN. I'm just here for the drama. 713-780-3776. Will a bits. We never know what Joe George has in store for us. We never know what the will has in store for us. But we'll find out. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Razor Blunt Commentary. Delivered with a special purpose. What's happening to my special? 
special purpose. It's the Killer Bees, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. We'll get to the will of bits here in a moment. Let's uh, go out to the HRP guest line. Rocket Free Agency opening up in about two and a half hours. I'm sold. I'm all in on Kyrie. Let's let's make it happen, H Town. Let's make it happen, Rafael. Let's make it happen, Eme. Let's go out to the HRP listener line though for Mark. Mark, you're in the hive of the Killer Bees. What's up, Mark? Hey, hey, how y'all doing, man? Good show, man. Uh, if Michael Jordan can come back home and LeBron can go back home to try to win a championship, why the Bears can't come back home? And also, uh, I feel that uh, we can get Dylan Brooks. Uh, uh, Try to trade and get Dame Litter. What y'all think about that? And I take that up there. Appreciate it, Mark. Uh, I think that's virtually impossible to think about if you're a Rockets fan. It's possible to do a deal. You'd have to basically, for Dame, gut your current roster because you don't have the draft picks to really give away that Portland would want. Mm-hmm. They'd want to purge most of the guys on your roster. I don't know if Mark was thinking, are we going to pair Dame and Harden together? Yeah. Like, you could probably, I mean, this very, very unrealistic. You could probably send a combination of your young players for Dame. But one, Dame's going to have to want to come here. I don't think he's going to want to go to a team that's not a championship caliber team. Like, I think if Dame is traded this offseason, I think it's Philly. I think it's Miami. And I think that might be it. Yeah, I'm trying to think if New York might be in that mix. Maybe. Maybe. But it's going to take a championship contender. Yeah, for sure. And I think the same reason why we just got done talking about why Luka wasn't having fun playing with Kyrie Irving and the fact that you have two guys that are the most, the two most, literally the two most ball-dominant players in the league are on the same roster now in Dallas, at least depending on what Kyrie does. Are you telling me that that's a recipe for success? If two right below them in terms of ball-dominance type players in the NBA in Dame Lillard and James Harden? would make a lot of sense and would work and make you a championship-caliber team because you're forgetting that if you put those two guys together, you'll have nothing basically around them. Nine five one three, Kyrie, no! Since Cleveland team has gotten worse everywhere he goes, Seven five five four, no! No matter how talented he is, he brings too much baggage with him. Look, I think that's that's the reason why a lot of the these people that are the national pundits talking about free agency are saying Kyrie wants max money. There's not a whole lot of teams that are willing to consider max money. If you think about what he went through at the end of his Brooklyn stint, they were talking about a contract, but they wanted to put Brooklyn one and the ownership wanted to put in all these clauses to assure that he wasn't going to go AWOL, to assure that he was going to play, to assure that they could eliminate a lot of the drama and the distraction. He wasn't willing to do that. And now other teams are on red alert that they don't want to be a part of that because they basically had to dump out. But the counterpoint, he may spend a year with them, and he would be vouching it's for a valid Kyrie. Point. That's the that's the counterpoint, and I think that's the the conversation right there. We'll see what happens. I still think it's a crapshoot, long shot that Kyrie Irving's a rocket. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Time now for Will of Bits. See what the Will and Joe George have in store for us. It's the Wheel of Bits on the Killer Bees. Kibbles and bits, kibbles and bits. I'm going to get me some kibbles and bits. Who knows the bits the bees will begrudgingly bite? Well, let's find out. What's your power five? Here's Joel and Jeremy. And Joe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we got Joe George. What's right. the, uh, what does this mean? We're going to introduce a new one. What's your power five? So, of course, we have our power five in football. The SEC. No, you, you, Big 12. Big 10. Big 12 is at the top of that ACC, list. ACC. Big 12. Pac-12. Big 12's number one. Big 12. However you rank them, one through five. Everyone's ranking's different. So today we're going to do what's your power five? Birthday, 
desserts. Oh, I, I, I know why you're doing this today. Because it's Jeremy's birthday. I'm Brad. I'm birthday boy. It's, it's the birthday month. The birthday month. Yeah, let's go with that. So what's your what's your power five? Who's like, your, how, how do you, I mean, age for beauty. I mean, cake is cake. But I mean, like, there's different types see, of cake. That, that's where I would say. Let's go. You can go detail here. Like, like I had Trace Leches last night. My wife made it for me. It was fantastic. Y'all got me a little cheesecake, which I love cheesecake. So like, there's tons of different types of cake. Well, and the guys on the Twitch were talking today about what's your cake combo frosting and cake flavor. So that's what I was saying. Like you can go, you can go five cakes if you want to go here. Yeah. You can go different flavors. Let's you, see. You can go an ice cream cake. You can go a cheesecake. You can go a pie. You can go cupcake. Uh, pie's not a cake. It's not. No, I'm just saying. No, I'm saying like for your pie could also be an option. I, I think that my Man, go to no five cakes. My my <laughs> birthday cake of choice ever since I've been little is yellow cake chocolate frosting. Love, Love it. it. Yellow cake frosted frosting is really good. It's like and it's I'm not very, a huge frosting guy. It's very simple. I'm not either. You and I've talked about that, but I like that combination. I like and I like more cake than frosting. But I'm going yellow cake chocolate frosting. With some vanilla ice cream, as as a as a staple for me on my birthday. Are you a big chocolate guy? Not a big chocolate guy. Like, no. So you and wouldn't I don't go like eat, a German chocolate or something like that. Like Lisa, her whole life is, has, has, and it's difficult difficult now with the vegan thing. But Lisa has been a massive chocoholic and could just eat like regular squares of milk chocolate or dark chocolate. Or, that's not me. I'm not I'm not the sweets guy like that. But on a cake, I can do all chocolate. Like German chocolate cake. Yeah. But my preference on a birthday cake for myself, if I'm picking it, is yellow cake, chocolate frosting, vanilla ice cream. I'm having a tough time coming up with a fifth. Like, would you allow flan? Yeah. Well, no, it's whatever you want. Whatever you okay. might get on your birthday. Flan's uh, and pretty I, good. I also love cheesecake. Because Cherry good. cheesecake is, is elite to me. Cherry. See, I like my yeah. cheesecake plain. See, I'm, I'm plain I that too, or strawberry. I like, I like cherry plain. cheesecake. All right, here, here the five that I would have. Trace Leches is a number one for me. I love a good Tres Leches. Now, if you can do them wrong and they're not good at all, but you do a good one, elite, fantastic. Second on my list is a cheesecake, which thanks again, you guys, for giving me that. Y'all, y'all know what I like. I like that strawberry cake last year from, what was the place called, that they brought us for our birthdays? Dessert Gallery? Mm -hmm. Yeah, when they brought in those two cakes for our birthday and that strawberry cake was unbelievable. It was fantastic. It was so good. I'll go ice cream cake on this, too, because I love ice cream, to be completely honest. And, man, fifth one's tough for me. Yeah, I'm going to second the fact that I'm going to go with, like, the the vanilla, I mean, the, the yellow cake with the chocolate frosting and the ice cream. Then I'm gonna go with I could what I really like too is vanilla cake with vanilla frosting. That's really, really good. Uh and that's what the the girls got me for my birthday this year. Um I, I'm a cheesecake guy. I can eat it plain, but if I'm gonna go with a topping, I don't prefer chocolate or it's either strawberries or cherries. And the cherry topping, I've always ever since I've been a kid, my mom would make it with that kind of combo of the real cherries and kind of the glaze Ooh. that goes with it. I'll I'll go that route. That that's on the list. Four just gave me my number five on Switch. Strawberry shortcake. Very it good. Is so good. That's gonna be in my top five. So Tres Leches, cheesecake, strawberry cake, strawberry shortcake, and an ice cream cake. All right, now we can officially make this joke because I no longer have to worry about offending Jeremy Branham. Mm-hmm. The last part of this game. Who is your dessert here that thinks they're more important than they actually are, thinks they belong with the big boys? AKA who is the American Athletic Conference and thinks they're a Power Five school, but oh, not. they say P six. That, that thinks they're P six. Stutes. Who's your dessert? Oh, dessert. That's my bad. 
Like, what's your overrated dessert? See, I don't love chocolate. I don't. I thought you might throw the name I wouldn't mention in there. Uh, he never called himself a big boy, oh, if we're being completely honest. Um, I Look, this is a very unpopular opinion, which fits Branham to a T. I am not over the moon about chocolate. So if you give me like a, you know, full chocolate cake, like a, any side, like what is the, uh, like, a, what are the, what's the one where they combine the chocolate and the coconut? I don't know. I don't know either. But chocolate that one. Coconut. Uh, any sort of a full chocolate cake. Like if chocolate is the dominant flavor, like I don't mind if it's like a, a complimentary piece or like you mentioned the frosting on a yellow cake. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think that any sort of chocolate primary cake is outside of the top five. They are the they are the American, which I don't like that I'm burning Joe, the American. Joe got this. Oh, you're Joe, a big Joe got this now. from me yesterday because I was very and Dr. Dre on two ninety and others already know this. And Jeremy and I have discussed it. I think carrot cake is the biggest waste of dessert on the planet. I was going to say carrot, carrot cake, cake too. sucks. So you'll, the I, only carrot it's cake it's not anywhere that's in the good. top five. But I'll eat carrot cake. Carrot cake. I'll sucks. eat a carrot. Only I understand one. your banana pudding. If you get the right the vanilla wafer cookie, oh, and the other things elite. with it. It was yeah. really good from JR. I don't know that it's elite, day. but it's so good. good. Elite, and it's not anywhere near the trash that carrot cake is. The only carrot cake, and I, I missed this. I was hoping that when I came back to Cal Media, somehow we could get this back. But once upon a time. Saltgrass would bring us food like every Ooh, other week. Oh, I remember that. Really? Their carrot cake is elite good. I think we're healing that up. Yeah, yeah, it's like the only carrot cake I like is the one from Saltgrass. I, I will say this too on your. I, I'm a big and grew up in the Midwest on the strawberry shortcake. However, the substitution is ice cream for whipped cream. Now it's really, Man, that's really, a, really good. The only that's other one for me there. that you guys haven't mentioned, like I, my favorite dessert of all time is blueberry pie. So like growing up, really? Like we would, I would have blueberry pie on my birthday instead of well, like cake. It was it was always cheesecake or blueberry pie. The other one, not blueberry pie, hot apple pie, so good with ice cream. Yep. is a, is in the top five. Hot apple. My mama, my mama would make the the hot apple pie with the cinnamon crumbles on the top mm. and the really kind of toasted crud uh, crust crud <laughs> crust, and then and then hot out of the oven with the big. Fresh scoop of vanilla ice cream. Ooh, that's great. You lost me a crud. Everything else sounds delicious. Uh, pecan that pie. Thing. That's a good one. I pecan? Think that, you say pecan or pecan? I say Both of them are a waste of your appetite. I say pecan. I mean, Ime, pecan, pecan. Yeah, but that's not right. One of those is correct name pronunciation. Pecan versus pecan is where you grew up. Down here, yeah, well, down here it's pecan. Is it down here? I thought down or here it, was or pecan. Or is it pecan? Good company pie, uh, pecan pie. I say pecan. I, I think you could go either way. I agree with Joe that it's where you grew up. I say pecan. Pecan pie from Good Company. Oh my! They're the ones. They're, they're, like, they're the most popular. They're the ones that like always just drop pie. off boxes, right? Yeah, from, I don't like, even, everywhere. I don't even like pecan yeah, but pie. like that, everybody goes and raves about the pecan so pie from Good Company. Good. It's Which very good. shout out Houston, by the way, University of Houston. Go Cougs! Midnight tonight. Joining oh, right. the yeah. Big 12 officially. I have my gentle bin lined up, ready to go. That midnight hour strikes. Taking a little bit of sip. Welcome to a real conference. Shut your mouth. Pecan pie and carrot cake. Both waste of time. Disagree. Disagree. <sighs> 713-780-ESPN. Yeah, German chocolate was the one I was looking for. That, that's that's the outside that, that of my top coconut? five. I think it does have a little bit of coconut in it. Lisa I could be wrong. German I don't know. Cho- I don't eat yeah. it. I don't like it. Lisa does the German chocolate, and it's just a massive amount of chocolate cake with chocolate frosting in layers. Yeah. Astros are telling you they aren't that worried about the Rangers. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Razor Blunt Commentary. Delivered with a special purpose. What's happening to my special purpose? 
It's the Killer Bees, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. I love this song. So good. Renell Blanco's theme song. He's on the mound tonight. Well, let's hope it works. In Arlington. It, I didn't like the first inning against the Dodgers. I'd like the rest of the game. I'd like to eliminate the first inning that he had against the Dodgers and let him quality start us to death with less runs and some offensive production from the the rest of the team, and let's go Astros. Yeah, this song's going to fire everybody up. Ronel Blanco, 1-0 record, 463 ERA. On the year, he goes toe-to-toe with John Gray, who's having his only good year in Major League Baseball history. He's having a Montero. 6-3, ERA. He was all right last year, sub-4. Now, he was a former first-round pick, though. Like I mean, this guy has the the pedigree. He's just never really pitched to it. This year, he is pitching to it. So we'll see what goes on in uh, in Arlington a little bit later tonight. Start of the four-game series between the Arlington uh, Rangers and the Houston Astros. Did you? I, I personally, by the way, I don't think the Astros are worried about the Rangers. And the way that they're handling their pitching rotation this week, T, uh, TBA Saturday, Sunday, yeah. or TBA Sunday, Monday, I think that they're going to bump Fromber back a day, Javier back a day, input a six-starter, and then you have six games left after the Rangers series. I think you go one trip through a six-man rotation, which tells you that the Astros are more worried about their front porch than they are worried about the Rangers. Yeah, front porch. I got that feeling, too. If you listen to the Bregman comments after the game last night, he wasn't buying into any of it of how big this series, series is and everything else. It was more of just them handling their own business and going in, and, and you know they're going to play, and they're going to play hard, and they're going to look forward to it. Um, I think... Every media member was looking for extra bulletin board material for part of this series. This year's the first year in a long time you don't need it. I mean, you got two really good baseball teams that are squaring off right before the All-Star break, and it means something. Because normally, the if, if you're one of the honks that drinks enough Kool-Aid to think that a silver boot matters, and I mean, and I've said this before, I mean, the Astros have had more silver boots under their bed than Shania Twain. They don't need to worry about that. But this is a series that now matters at this point in the season with these two teams. And silver boot be damned, it's must-see for all of the state of Texas. Yeah, Who's I, hiding Shania Twain under their bed? Her song is, Whose Boots Have Your... Or Whose Bed Have yeah. Your Boots Been Under? Huh. You know another one, Jeremy? No. That's not in your wheelhouse? Not in my three to seven. Blankers uh, love Shania Twain, though. He's made that very she's, clear. She's a very talented and very pretty woman. There's something wrong with Shania Twain here. I didn't say that there okay, was. Okay, I'm just making sure that we're not going to... It's not the first time we've talked name. about Shania Twain on this Okay, show. well, maybe just with me here. Maybe, uh, maybe. Uh, well, like, where do you guys at, like, scale of one to ten, how important is this series in your mind? Five. I think it's a little bit more. It's only because of the fact that because of the, their, their approach with the pitching and kind of how they're looking at it, I don't want them coming out nine back. Because you know what? It, That's, yeah. Earlier this week, when they had when we were running on that yeah, that kind of borderline of getting concerned that it was getting to seven, eight, nine games instead of four, five, six games, had me a little concerned. I don't want to just completely crap the bed that your boots have been under and then go nine games back with six games to play before the break. That would concern me. Is that a Shania song too? It was a playoff, the one that I just did. Oh, my only thing with the series is that because it's such a swing series. Like just the you go to the extremes. If the Astros sweep, they're a game back. Mm-hmm. If they get swept, they're nine, and nine. the tiebreaker is gone. That's why I said earlier in the show, you go two and two. Like if you go into Arlington, who's in first place right now, you're five games back. You don't have Jordan Alvarez, your best player. The Rangers' offense, yes, they they split a series against Detroit. The Rangers' offense is elite. They kind of had their best pitchers on the mound. You got Ronel Blanco and potentially a six starter on the mound. You take two. 
in Arlington without your best player and your fifth and sixth starter starting a game for you, that's that's a, that's a successful four-game yeah, series. Yeah, you go two and two, that's great. Two and two is a successful four-game series. Based on the circumstances it is, it's just for me, I'm getting to the point, and it's obviously, again, it's, it's way earlier, earlier than I've ever considered even saying this, but I don't want moral victories and excuses for why you didn't get more wins. I need them to start kind of putting the pedal down a little bit more and realizing that, yeah, we know there's been injuries. Yeah, we know that it's been a tough schedule and a lot of other things that have factored in to why they're not where they're used to being. But I want them to get back there, and I want them to be worried, focused on it enough, too, that at a certain point, like, I don't want Dusty, like, soft-selling the lineup this weekend. I want to see... Best lineup you Ladies and gentlemen, I've just been handed an urgent news story. Stop what you're doing and Give listen. Me a little Kyrie. Uh, it's not, well, Kelly Eco did just officially report that the Rockets will attempt to meet with Kyrie Irving. Yeah. How about we break in the show. news before the news are breaking? That's great. But we have breaking news. This one, I can tell it rocked the boat a little bit today, so we have to come clean, Joel. Um, happy birthday. Belated. I wrote that card. Uh, all those birthday wishes. We're just joshing you. Happy birthday to both of you for the cheesecake. It's for both of you guys today. Jeremy purchased the cheesecake. I was wondering why Blankers didn't sign this card. I don't have enough money. No, I was kidding. I can understand Stutzer, but... Yeah, but Jeremy purchased the cheesecake. We wrote the card together. A little fun prank. Happy birthday to both of you guys. I didn't know it was your birthday because I don't check Facebook that much the first time. So uh, Facebook. It was on social media. Yeah, I don't check Facebook that much. But happy birthday to both of you guys as much. And to Sales Guy Q, I guess. Yeah. No, the more important thing is best wishes to Sales Guy Q. Today's his last day. That's very true. No one knows sales guy. I don't know if that was public or not that public, but it's <laughs> Well, I mean, it I mean, should just, be. He's I not going to be here right. after today. That's and a good point. if you've been to remotes or you've heard the wheelhouse bash him and or talk about him, and because he's been on all the, the road trips that they go on, too. But Salesman IQ has been a pretty integral part of Galmedia. That's very true. But happy birthday this month to both you guys. That cheesecake's for both of you guys. Yeah, I don't need it. I'm good. All right, good. I'll take it. Yeah. I love cheesecake. <laughs> Oh, uh, Joe man. Harris has just been traded, by the I way. I saw that. To the, I think he's a good piece, who? but not for the Pistons. Is it closure for the Rangers? No. Joe Harris, the white guy who can't shoot that well, but actually he, like he actually can. can shoot that well, but since he's been came back from injury, he wasn't as good. What uh what's the wheelhouse leading their show off with? Your today? birthday. I don't know about that. I think the prank's over now. I think the uh, Kyrie over Irving. Now. I think it's going to be if Kyrie Irving was the quarterback of the Texans that they would have a lot of entertainment and they would probably win 10 games. If if, if C.J. Stroud believed the earth was flat, could the Texans win 10 games? Yeah, probably. probably. I, I can't think of another reason to take to I know, Kyrie inconsequentially like... take the days off. All right, that's it for us. Thanks to Joe George for doing all the hard work. He's blank on Brandon. We'll talk to you Wednesday, Houston. The Wheelhouse is next on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.